today, the mugshot seen round the world as Donald Trump is arrested and booked in Fulton County. Vivek Ramaswamy's history of flip-flops with receipts this time. And a prominent Democrat makes a shocking claim on abortion. We've got all of that and more coming up, but it all starts right now. Welcome to the news and why it matters. I am Sarah Gonzalez and former President Donald Trump was officially arrested last night at the Fulton County Jail in Georgia. And after several photoshopped fakes of Trump's mugshot began spreading, the sheriff's office released the real one earlier than anticipated. Shortly after his release, his arrest and released on a $200,000 bond last night, Trump spoke to reporters about the process. Watch. You challenge an election, you should be able to challenge an election. I thought the election was a rigged election, a stolen election, and I should have every right to do that. As you know, you have many people that you've been watching over the years do the same thing, whether it's Hillary Clinton or Stacey Abrams or many others. When you uh, have that great freedom to challenge, you have to be able to, otherwise you're going to have very dishonest elections. What has taken place here is a travesty of justice. We did nothing wrong. I did nothing wrong. And everybody knows that I've never had such support. And that goes with the other ones, too. What they're doing is election interference. They're trying to interfere with an election. There's never been anything like it in our country before. This is their way of campaigning. And this is one instance, but you have three other instances. It's election interference. So I want to thank you for being here. We did nothing wrong at all. And we have every right, every single right, to challenge an election that we think is dishonest, that we think it's very dishonest. So thank you all very much, and I'll see you uh, very soon. Thank you very much. Last night also marked the return of the Donald to the website formerly known as Twitter, of course now X, where he posted his own mugshot with the caption, Election Interference Never Surrender, and a link to his campaign website. Here to discuss this and more are two people who I have a feeling have Quite a bit to say about this topic. Eric July, Blaze TV contributor and founder of Ripiverse Comics, and Stu Bergier, host of Stu Does America, which you can find not only on Blaze TV, but also on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. So make sure that you are subscribed everywhere. Uh, oh, and by the way, before we get into it, as we're talking about Stu, I am wearing one of Stu's shirts that I will point out does not say Biden 24, but it says anyone but Biden 24. It does. Which they can find where? StuDoesMerch.com. Code Stu10 to save 10% if you'd like. I will say uh, I was wearing that one day and someone came up and said, oh, yeah, well, what about Kamala? I say, don't fact check my shirt. No one likes a person who fact checks a shirt. Look, basically, we don't like Joe Biden. That's the point of it. You can get it because the good thing about it, too, is from across the room, it looks like a Biden campaign shirt almost. And one of your liberal friends will be like, oh, you like Biden? Oh, it'll really disappoint their soul. You're making fun of us. (laughs) Um, So your thoughts, guys, on just the state of this, like I, I, I genuinely, I say this, I'm a broken record on this. I cannot, I can't wrap my mind around it. This is really happening. Yeah, yeah, it is happening. A mugshot, um, man, there's so many people I saw already he putting looks out. so badass. Just merchandise out on this. Uh, he would be smart to put out a bunch of merchandise uh, on that mugshot. He'd make an absolute killing for his campaign in the event yeah, that he, he, has. He, mm-hmm. he, he, mm-hmm. he does that. And um, that, that is uh, what, what it is. But... Uh, this is going to have, I think we've discussed this here on the show, it's going to have an opposite uh, effect, let's say that. Um, I don't know where 
if what the numbers are lately on X as far as that post when I last checked the amount of like <clears throat> likes that it had was insane. I don't know if it'll end up being the most liked photo on that website, but it may uh, at this given rate. But um, yeah, start a war. They're playing dirty tricks. He's not necessarily incorrect that they're trying to sort of interfere with whatever is going on. Uh, it definitely with his future campaign. But I think more importantly, when we talk about the art of war, the left does not seem to understand in going forth with this that is elevating his his brand. And it may end up not made. It already has kind of ended up in a sort of this opposite uh, effect, even with these debates and all going on. Everybody still what what does Trump think? Everything. It's almost like he's running against him, uh, running against himself, uh, which, to be honest, that's, that's exactly what's happened. No disrespect to the uh, other candidates. So. You know, yeah, it's foul. We've discussed this many times on the show how foul this is. But he's taking advantage of it, and that's a smart play. Yeah, I mean, I think he has to. And look, this is the hand he's dealt, right? Yep. So if the, this is the hand you're dealt, you got to do the best that you can with it. Yep. And, you know, short, one thing Trump is very good at, probably the thing he's best at, is looking at the order of events and not trying to jump ahead of it, right? He knows he's got a task to complete right now which is winning this primary. And so he's going to lean into this and it's going to help him yeah. in the primary, I think, at least for a while. I, I, you know, if he winds up being convicted of this, it'll be another challenge of that. If he's actually in a prison cell, it would be a whole nother level of things. And God only knows what happens to our country at that point. But like for this time, him being persecuted by the government is going to help him in the Republican primary. Um, and he's smart to take advantage of it and, and come out and say, look, this is, this is, they're coming after me, they're coming after you. I'm just, I'm your face in this battle. It's a, you know, it's a little bit of a cheesy political line, but it also has a lot of truth to it. You know, I mean, like uh, people do see him that way. The question, of course, gets to what happens in the general election. And, you know, the, the polling is a lot tougher there. You know, I mean, of course, you see they just came out with a poll yesterday. But uh, do you think he is guilty of these crimes? And I think a lot of times, you know, in conservative media, we all see this sort of the same way where we see, OK, look, this is obvious persecution of a guy who, you know, whether you like him or not. Uh, is the political opponent of the right. president of the United States and the DOJ is right. the one doing a lot of this. And I think that's the correct way to look at it, of course. It's not the way everyone looks at it, though. Of course, if you, you split Republicans and Democrats, you get the typical splits that you would expect there, right? It's about 90% of Democrats say guilty. It's about 70, 75% of Republicans is a little bit lower, but probably those people all come home in the end, right? It's, yeah. it's probably about the same in the end. The independence is tough on the polling. It's about 60-20 that he is guilty. And so... And, I, you know, there's another breakdown of these polls that I and we're going to go over more of this on Studios America tonight, but uh, where they where they divided up the four cases and they said, hey, uh, is Donald Trump guilty of these crimes? And they divided up all four. Now, we've talked a lot about this. If you're if you're engaged with the news, you know, there is an order of events here where like the most pathetic one is maybe the New York case. Right. Which is yeah. completely yeah. ridiculous. And maybe the one with the best legal evidence, even though I don't really care about it that much is the documents case. I mean, you can, you can order those however you want, but there's a real difference between the, the weakest and, and, and the strongest, as you say, legally. And the polling on all four of them was almost exactly the same. It was just like, we've made our mind up on this guy mm -hmm. and we're going to tell you we think he's bad. Right? That was the way that polling felt to me. So it's risky. There's a narrow window here for Donald Trump to win. It's not going to be a very easy thing to pull off. Mm -hmm. And I, like, I... If, if you believe he's the best guy for the job, then you put him in there and you roll the dice. You know, that's, that's what we should do. If that's what, you, if that's what you believe, that's how you should vote. But it is a calculation that I think a lot of people are going to have is, you know, going through all this, 
if we believe the deep state is as bad as we've said they are, do they, at the end of the day, succeed in this mission? They may. Donald Trump has really avoided a lot of this stuff. He's been able to kind of in endure through so much throughout his life. But this is a tough challenge, and I hope he's taking it seriously. Yeah, you know, it, it is also fascinating to hear the different um, knee-jerk reactions to this, I think, mm. whether you are already part of his base, like if you're, or just the Republican base, right? Um, or you're an independent, as, as you're talking about, Stu, because I think that, you know, Republicans, conservatives have the propensity to be like, every single time they do this to him, they're like, I want to vote for him so yeah. much more badly yeah. now. Like, I will vote for him no matter what now. Mm -hmm. And then on the flip side, you have independents, I think, who are really turned off by this, whether or not it's true or whether or not he's guilty. And They're that right. part, but that part is the part that really bothers me because that means that the DOJ and the FBI can interfere in literally any election they want to, knowing that it will sour people's opinions on someone, whether or not they're guilty. That's a really dangerous place to be in. Not only that, but it's the, that's what you get with democracy. Uh, the stupid people get to vote. I'm sorry, Sarah. I know I go on this rant and tangent every time I'm on this show. You're about, not wrong. About, about democracy and why it's the worst thing. I don't know why, <laughs> why on earth. Yeah, uh, this whole, yeah, like, oh, he's against democracy. You give people way too much credit when you give that... Levy that on other people. You should levy that against people Eric's like myself. Like, he's against democracy. Uh, Don't yeah, threaten me yeah, with a good with time. With a good time. I'm not. You know, y'all know how I feel <laughs> about voting and all that. But if a guy goes up like, yeah, democracy sucks. I'm like, oh, let's uh, let's pay attention to that. <laughs> let's pay attention to that guy. But seriously, I mean, on a serious note, that's the sad thing about kind of how election cycles and elections in general work, and that you can have people do dirty things, have people say things that are maybe even flat out, not, not oftentimes flat out false, and the people who we believe make the decisions or at least impact what the outcome of that decision is going to be, get to put in a vote despite being ignorant by literal textbook definition and just lacking the knowledge on any given subject. And that's why it's so dangerous and it's unfortunate. And that's what I guess, to be fair, that's what elections are. It's all it's, it's dirty. It, it's dirty. And that's where I think where conservatives especially are, and you're starting to see people kind of change on this, they're making concessions there because they need to. The left doesn't care about your morals. They don't care yeah. about how authentic yeah. you are. They don't care about how consistent you are. They don't care about that. They will often use that against you. This is the art of war, and this is why I tell people to start acting accordingly. This is something that I'm, I'm implementing in, even in my own life, like being serious about this, because I'm like, all right, the people that hate us, despise us in every day, because I fight this war like on a cultural standpoint, but the people that absolutely despise us are willing to do some very bad things. And it's not even about, that, and they, let me say this, they do it with it in mind, understanding that sure, this isn't false. Oh, sure, this is, is false. And sure, I, surely I can't prove it. Mm. But the other people don't think that way. They already right. have made this person guilty just based on what it is that I've already levied at, the, at these folks. So that's why you got to start playing the game. They set the rules. So if anything, feel good about that. Feel good about you did. OK, you got your morals. Right. We all do. Right. We would. Uh, OK, but they the playing field is what it is. They have now set the rules. OK, let's play. Yeah. Yeah. And that's obviously it gets dangerous. Right. Yes. I mean, it's it's a it's, yeah. a it's a it's a road. None Very. of us want to go down. Absolutely. You yep. know, and I and I you know, it's like you, you have to get to a point where uh, people are sane again. And I don't know if that ever comes back. It doesn't feel like it's coming back. It feels like it's getting more and more insane. We're going the opposite <laughs> direction. True. Right. Like every every day I feel like, you know, 
there's this story that like I've told myself a hundred times when I'm, you know, we're doing a radio show. I'm like, can you believe if 20 years ago we saw this? And then I've realized over the years it, that timeline is shorter and shorter. I'm like, you realize like six months ago? Imagine if that would have happened then. And like weirdly, we're at this point now where things are changing so fast and parties are switching positions every 10 seconds. I can't keep track of it. All of a sudden, freaking the Democrats uh, hate Russia and the Republicans like, don't like war. And I, like, I, I don't know what's happening anymore. Um, I, like, I think we are at that place where it's important to step back and just say, like, in, in, in the election process, if we're going to have the evils of democracy, and <laughs> you got to look at the stage and say, OK, who's up there and what is the decision we're making in October 2024? We're going to have a decision to make likely between two people and we're going to have to make a decision. And that decision is going to probably pretty, be pretty easy for most of the people in the audience. Now we're at a different position, right? We've got, I don't know, eight, nine, 12, 15, 17,000 people up there running. And you can pick one of them. And it's, this is a good time to sit back and try to really look at these positions. One of the reasons I liked the debate the other night was it was more policy focused than I think we've seen in a while. It wasn't perfect. It was some nonsense in there, of course. But it was like something where we got to actually listen to these people talk about policy a little bit. And, uh, you know, I think we're going to get into this place where we just don't want to make emotional. We don't want to make it. Hey, Vivek's talking the loudest. We like him. Chris Christie's got the best insults. We like him. Donald Trump's going to, you know, he's getting, uh, you know, imprisoned or whatever. We don't we, we like him the best. Let's take a minute. Let's really like just focus on this in a sober fashion and say, who's the best person to lead the country? And who's the best person that can beat Joe Biden or whatever other person they roll out yeah. there? Um, I want to I want to play for you. It just obviously the, the leftist reactions have been pretty insane here, but I want to play for you John Bolton on CNN last night uh, commenting about how Donald Trump looked in his mugshot. These people are so pathetic. Watch. Ambassador, thank you for being here tonight. I mean, I just wonder, as someone who worked inside the West Wing when Donald Trump was president, what is it like for you to see his mugshot tonight? Well, I thought it was, uh, as with most things Trump does, carefully staged. They must have thought about what look they wanted. He could have smiled. He could have looked benign. Instead, he looks like a thug. Uh, and, and I think it's intended this to be a sign guy. of intimidation against the prosecutors and judges. Oh uh, that's what they picked, and uh, we'll, we'll see that picture everywhere. A sign of intimidation. Uh, to send along to the judges. I mean, or John Bolton, you little bitch, he's pissed off because he's being politically persecuted for like the billionth time and he's freaking pissed. Or that. Yeah, I mean, One of the two. John Bolton was always, why he included him in his like... Well, it goes back to what we were just talking about, like how things change so fast. This guy was hired by Donald Trump. Yeah, right? uh, but I mean, Kevin Collins it, was working he, at the Daily Caller. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't know, I can't keep track of anything anymore. <laughs> that's, true, that's true. Like, Obviously, it was a terrible uh, from the get go, guy, just because of freaking Warhawk. Um, yeah, we, I, we, we had despised never one of your favorites, him. I imagine. Yeah, yeah, yeah of course. Of course yeah. He was never one of my favorites. But now, you know, again, here we go back to politics. It's like, all right, well, I'm throwing this guy all the way under the bus as much as I realistically can. Can we talk mugshot strategy for a second, though? Yeah, yeah. I think this is. Why would he smile? Right. I, I, well, well, the, this goes back to a, one of my favorite mugshots of all time, which is the Tom DeLay mugshot. <laughs> Remember Tom DeLay was a Republican congressman. He got arrested and he uh, went into, um, you know, to get his mugshot done. 
and he just gave the most giddy smile you've ever seen. Like, it was the greatest day of his life. And I remember thinking, like, this is a pretty good strategy. Just go in there like it's your school picture and just give a big, fat smile, like the greatest thing in the world. And Trump went the other direction, which I think is kind of funny, too. Like, he was just like, I'm just going to try to give the most badass face I can think of. I mean, I think there's different ways to go with it. You just don't want to go the Nick Nolte way, where you've got the hair kind of crazy all over the place. And you're, like, obviously on 1,400 drugs at the time you take it. But, like, I think it, it was staged. I mean, I do think he really thought about this. This was this was of course, of is course this going to be one of the most important yeah. pictures in American history. As he should. He's, yes. a, he's a candidate. He's going to sell, as, as Eric pointed out, millions and millions of dollars of T-shirts with oh, this yeah. face on it. You better make it a good one. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Totally reasonable. Yeah. Uh, oh, no. But wait, if you're a Democrat, you're like, oh, my God, he made a mean face. He's trying to intimidate the judges. Shut up. Oh, stop. All right. We've got to uh, take a quick break. Then when we come back. I want to dive into some of the uh, conversation we had regarding Vivek Ramaswamy yesterday. I read your comments, and we'll get into that after the break. First, we want to thank our sponsor, Patriot Mobile. So, uh, look, Patriot Mobile is there for those of you who maybe you haven't realized yet that you don't have to be with Big Mobile because what Big Mobile is doing is they're taking a portion of your bill, your hard-earned money that you are paying them, and they're turning around and donating it to very left-leaning causes. I know this because when I went undercover at the stupid Dallas Pride Parade, the T-Mobile had all sorts of stuff there. They were a giant sponsor. They had the trans flags. They had kids coming to their booth. They had, look at the little gay pride rainbows. They were giving away rainbow tattoos. That's what your money is going to if you are still with Big Mobile. I suggest you that you go check out Patriot Mobile. They're America's only Christian conservative wireless provider. They have nationwide coverage on all three major networks. They all share the same towers. So you're going to get the same coverage that you've been accustomed to. You can keep your number. You can, you know, get a new one. Keep your phone. Get a new one. Set it up however you would like. But you know that when you go to Patriot Mobile, you're hard-earned money is going to be actually funneled back into the causes that you are fighting for, not against. You can go to patriotmobile.com slash news. Get free activation with the offer code news over at patriotmobile.com slash news. Yesterday, we, of course, analyzed the GOP presidential debate candidates and ranked their performances. And within that conversation came some questions regarding Vivek Ramaswamy's authenticity. Now, judging by some of your comments, which we do read, obviously, some of you were a little perplexed as to why we would question Vivek or his intentions or why we would doubt he was being genuine. And honestly, it didn't occur to me. Some of you hadn't heard some of this stuff already, but as always here on the news and why it matters, we come with receipts. So first, January 6, 2021. Now, 2023 Vivek has come out in defense of Donald Trump when it comes to his political persecution regarding what actually happened that day. But 2021 and 2022 Vivek sang a much different tune. Now, in his 2022 book, he wrote regarding January 6th, it was a dark day for democracy. The loser of the last election refused to concede the race, claimed the election was stolen, raised hundreds of millions of dollars from loyal supporters, and is considering running for executive office again. In, a 2021, uh, in 2021, he co-authored an op-ed about big tech's censorship of Donald Trump. And when tweeting about the op-ed that he had written, sharply condemned Donald Trump for January 6th. A tweet six days after January 6th, January 12th, read, What Trump did last week was wrong, downright abhorrent, plain and simple. I've said it before and did so in my piece. 
Another tweet said, Trump's egregious behavior last week blinds us from seeing that big tech's cure is worse. Now, of course, he's talking about the censorship of Donald Trump. But does that sound like the same guy to you that you keep hearing speak positively about January 6th and it just being about censorship? Now, his campaign also admitted to paying a Wikipedia editor to scrub his Wikipedia page to remove factual information about him that he worried might sink his candidacy, including him receiving the Paul and Daisy Soros Fellowship for New Americans in 2011 during his time as a Yale Law student. Now, in case you're wondering, yes, Paul Soros happens to be related to George Soros. This is George Soros' brother. He also removed his participation in Ohio's COVID-19 response team from the Wikipedia page. A time that he was on this response team, he stressed the importance of getting everyone vaccinated, everyone needs to be vaccinated, and tweeted about masks being a personal responsibility. In August of 2020, he tweeted, wearing a mask equals personal responsibility. It's puzzling when conservatives oppose it. So it was puzzling to him why you didn't want to cover your face with a germ-ridden piece of fabric that didn't actually do anything except force you and your children to breathe in your own carbon dioxide. Okay. By the way, two weeks after he paid to hide his information on Wikipedia, he just so happened to announce his candidacy. Independent reporter Jordan Schachtel also uncovered Vivek's quest in 2020 to develop a global database for all COVID-related patient health records, including COVID testing with his company, Datavant, a registry of private and public patient records, all without the consent of the actual patients. Now, just for full disclosure, the company claimed the records would be anonymized through their internal systems, and the database would only be available to researchers and government officials, but many in the industry slammed the idea as a gross violation of patient privacy standards and ethics. He also held several different positions just in the last few weeks regarding whether Donald Trump should attend the GOP debate earlier this week. Watch. What does it say about Donald Trump if he does not show up? You know what, I'm not focused on who shows up or not. It would be fundamentally uncourageous for Donald Trump to refuse to debate. You know, do you think Trump should attend this first RNT debate? I don't have a strong opinion on it. Trump will be there because as I've known him, he's not a man that I know of to be afraid. I think that I don't really, I don't think it much matters in the early debates whether he shows up. I don't think he's gonna duck away from debate. I think that would be embarrassing, frankly. I don't think it much matters. If he doesn't show up on that debate stage, I think that'll be the best proof that the Donald Trump of today is not the same Donald Trump. He's not somebody who has made a habit of himself to be a coward. I think it would be fundamentally uncourageous for Donald Trump to refuse to debate. And I'm not gonna let him get away with that very easily. I really have no problem with it if he doesn't show up. I think that's, I would go so far as to say understandable. And may I present one of my personal favorites, Vivek literally stealing a line directly from Barack Obama in the debate Wednesday night. Who the heck is this skinny guy with a funny last name and what the heck is he doing in the middle of this debate stage? Of a skinny kid with a funny name. Listen, now that everybody's gotten their memorized, pre-prepared slogans out of the way, we can actually have a real discussion now. Now, as a reminder, we have extended an invitation for Vivek to join us twice now to explain his position changes. He's so far been unavailable, but I'd like to renew that invitation. Until then, maybe these flip-flops don't bother you. I'd like to get, gentlemen, your thoughts in a moment. Maybe the flip-flops that you just saw don't bother you, but I'm not sold that this guy isn't just an incredibly gifted opportunist who wants to benefit from the political climate. Am I, is that, is that too far? I mean, every single time I see one of these, I'm like, all right, I'd like for you to explain yourself. And the fact that instead of your, your, instead of explaining yourself, you're paying people to scrub your Wikipedia page kind of gives me pause. I think that's reasonable. 
I think they're fair questions to ask. Look, people, he's a kind of brand new on the scene, right? And, you know, he is a very good communicator. He's a very good speaker. He's a very smart guy. But, you know, look, we've got a history with Vivek. I mean, he's been on the radio show for years. Uh, he wrote a book called Woke Inc., which was very good. And it was a, it was a good breakdown of all the stuff going on. Uh, with sort of wokeness and ESG standards. He's been a good force against a lot of things and has a lot of good things to add to the conversation. Mm -hmm. But I do think there is a, it, it, it appears to be that there is a, uh, there's a tendency for people who get into actual presidential politics to go down some of the roads that you're talking about. You know, the, the, the flip-flopping is not good. Um, you know, I think I was really bothered by the whole Everyone else is doing their slogans thing when he clearly yes. had like 19 slogans yes. ready to go, yes. which everybody does. I did. I really didn't like his his statement about um, saying I'm the only one up here who's not bought and paid for. It's like, come on, dude. Every single one of you guys has taken donations. Yeah. Yes, you're independently wealthy. That's great. But like, it's kind of a silly thing. A lot of these guys have money up here. Doug Burgum certainly is not bought and paid for. The guy, no one's donated <laughs> to his campaign unless he gave him a twenty dollar <laughs> gift card. The guy's not bought and paid for. Um, I think what's interesting about Vivek is um, I think he is, like, I think he's a positive voice generally. Whether he's ready at 38 years old to be, 36, 38 mm -hmm. years old to be president of the United States might not be his time exactly. And I do find this transition a little bit from um, where we sort of knew him when he was on the radio talking about his book was sort of more of a, I don't know, I mean, he came from sort of a libertarian background mm -hmm. um, and he's had this sort of transition. I think some of his proposals, while really bold and I think really exciting to a lot of people, are a tad unrealistic, honestly. I don't, I, and you know, it's okay to shoot high, but some of the things I don't necessarily think would, would survive court challenges. Um, and now he seems to, and I hear this from a lot of uh, my friends who are, you know, uh, maybe DeSantis supporters or non-Trump uh, candidate supporters, that say he's just kind of turned into this, um, you know, surrogate for Donald Trump. And it does appear, I mean, the guy said on stage that Donald Trump was the best president in his lifetime. It's like, if that's true, why the hell are you running? Why are you running? Uh, go home and come Did, back in four years. I'm sure Vivek realizes Donald Trump yeah, is running again. He's available. You should vote for him. <laughs> he sounds great. Um, so I, I think that that's a strange transition from someone that we knew before. I, again, I don't, I find it Vivek to be really fascinating in this campaign because he is a really good communicator. A lot of people really love him. And usually in, in our audience, I can tell going in who they're going to, like, I know they're going to hate Chris Christie. I know right. they're going to love Donald Trump. I know they're probably going to love Ron DeSantis, right? Vivek is one of these guys that really has split even our audience where yeah. half of the people really love him and half of the people really see him as this fake sort of, uh, you know, guy coming in out of nowhere. And I, I, I would like to see him um, be a little bit more of his own man. Right. It doesn't feel like he's gone that direction. And these things, you're right. I, Sarah, totally right to be able to ask questions about candidates and have them clear up their record. If we can't do that now, what's the point of this? Right, right. I mean, uh, Eric, you were here at this table a lot during 2020 when the conversation of masks seemed to be never ending. Wearing a mask is your personal responsibility. I'm sorry. I, I completely discredit what you have to say now <laughs> until you explain yourself. Yeah, no, I agree. I think people should, look, if you said something, I, I, let me say this. You have the right to change your opinion. Right? Everybody does. Uh, however, yeah, people are going to press you on it, and you should be able to provide that answer if it's that simple. It's like, all right, well, I, I thought this way. I was wrong. And that's what, you know, I think that's what at least winners do in some capacity. So I can understand and empathize with people that feel like, yeah. well, he's been, you know, uh, he's not answered to it, answering to this. And maybe because if, if there's this hired person that's scrubbing Wikipedia, 
he's trying to present it as, and I guess that's what differs between Donald Trump and himself, because despite Donald Trump having also stupid ideas on COVID, uh, he's doubling down on those, which to me, I don't see how that's not ruining him, uh, because definitely with the whole, uh, it's a very fascinating thing, because he's like, oh, I should be taking credit for this, or if we don't grill Vivek on these damn vaccines, who the hell else? We, we, Donald Trump on numerous occasions has doubled, tripled, quadrupled down on that absolutely atrocious position. He set the scene uh, for this whole, uh, with this whole Operation Warp Speed, if you want to be it start bitching about uh, big big uh, uh, pharmaceutical companies and how evil they are. Well, somebody by the name of Donald Trump handed them, and it's on the damn document, billions <laughs> of dollars. So he should be absolutely grilled uh, on that. But that's the difference between him and Vivek is that he's going down with that chip. And I, 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 I respect it. Yeah. I respect it. But if, on the other side, if you're like, well, I'm just going to flip-flop and don't even answer for it. See, that's when you start coming off as a disingenuous pe- person. And people would seem, in a lot of cases, at least let's say people that lean conservative, I may be wrong on this, they'd much rather see someone be honest even mm-hmm. in a mistake mm-hmm. as opposed to someone that is flip-flopping, mm-hmm. right, and kind of being somewhat disingenuous. Which, which is why, I know we got to go to break here in a second, but which is why I keep saying, like, I, I Donald Trump, on that note, has the easiest out in the world to just say they put they gave me Anthony Fauci. I, tr- I trusted in their experts. That yeah. w- that was my bad. I shouldn't have ever trusted in their experts because what I didn't realize was they were just in there to bamboozle me and leave me with all of this and then hang it on my neck. But I didn't know that. I, tr- I trusted them and I shouldn't have trusted them because that's how deep the deep state goes. Yep. Like, that's, that's an easy answer. And it, it really does bother me that he doesn't give it. But it also signals weakness. And that's yeah. not something Donald Trump wants to do. I yeah. mean, you know, he, he, you've seen there's a video that's going around that shows all the people like Bolton that he hired right. and then said we're great. And then at the end said we're terrible. <laughs> and it's like, well, how many times like there's only three possibilities here. He either is lying at the beginning when he says they're great. He's either lying at the end when he says they're terrible or he's bad at hiring people. There's only three explanations there. And I honestly think you could probably argue it's all three, right? Like he probably doesn't actually think they're all that great at the beginning. He probably doesn't think they're all that bad at the end. He's saying what he needs to say at that time. And like, you know, I I think he's so focused on not signaling weakness. He doesn't come clean on some of this stuff. It's okay to admit that you you have. You got duped. uh, Right. That you go, hey, look, I I tried this guy. They all told me he was the best guy. What am I about freaking, you know, COVID Paul? I never, we didn't even, I never even thought I'd be dealing with that as a president. We right. did the best that we could, right. and this was wrong. This this was a bad move. Here was a great move. Like, explain yourself and own your positions, but honestly, like, a lot of his voters don't seem to care about that. Yeah. You know, I know we have to go to break, but one quick nugget for they you. They do care about it, though. They just don't care about him being involved in it. Yeah, well, yes. That's they care about it generally. Point. This was something that, that leaked out of the debate, uh, the uh, prep of uh, for Ron DeSantis as he went into this debate. And, and the... Uh, they were testing messaging. Okay, like, obviously, Ron DeSantis should be hitting Donald Trump on COVID policy, right? Like, that is going to be a central part of his campaign. Trump was great on a lot of things, really bad on COVID, put these shutdowns in. So they started testing these things, and they found, like, they tested shutdowns, and it came out, like, 70%, 80% of people looked at it horribly. Lockdowns, shutdowns. When they changed the wording to Trump lockdowns, 70% of Trump voters viewed them positively. Oh, wow. Positively. And it's like, well, how, 
again, at some some level, you just fall back and say, maybe this just guy is unique and he's going to win no matter what yeah. he says. And, yeah. and, and that was his argument from the beginning. I'll shoot somebody on Fifth yeah. Avenue and I won't lose any votes. Maybe that guy was right. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, let's go ahead. we got to take another quick break. We'll be back with more. But we want to thank our sponsor, Relief Factor. Oh, by the way, before we thank our sponsor, Relief Factor, I would also like to say, it, now that we've thoroughly pissed everyone off, yes. uh, maybe you could just uh, consider the fact that we're just trying to be objective here. Also, we love you. We do well. We do love you, and I, I genuinely love uh, several of these candidates as as people, as uh, with the, their policies, their platforms. Like, I'm having an internal struggle too. So I, I, I'm trying to call it like I see it, balls and strikes. And I think that we've been pretty fair yeah. uh, so far. Just because I have a criticism of someone doesn't mean I I'm, don't like them. I will never vote for them. I, I like we're we're just trying to bring you all of the, the facts and be objective and then let you make your own decision. Primary season is the dumbest season. It really is. It really, it really is. It really Everyone is. gets in all sorts of fights when they shouldn't. It's just like, look, we should all be able to look at these people and say, I don't know, I kind of like this flavor of, of ice cream better than the other this time. Maybe I'll switch next time I go to the shop. That's okay. Yeah. You know, figure it out. This is why we have months and months of this stuff to go on. Months and months and months. Anyone but Biden. There you go. There you go. Which you can find at stewdoesmerch.com mm-hmm. and use promo code stew 10 Bring it back to the merch every time. I love it. <laughs> ABC, always be closing. Speaking <laughs> of that, uh, back to our sponsor, Relief Factor. So uh, here at Blaze TV, a bunch of us have tried Relief Factor because, I don't know, I guess we're all old or something. And um, it has worked for so many of us. It's worked for Glenn Beck. It worked for Jason Buttrell. He mentioned his experience yesterday uh, being in the uh, military and running on concrete for so long. Really messed up his knees and he couldn't do it anymore until he started taking Relief Factor. There are hundreds of thousands of people who order Relief Factor every month, 70% of people reorder it because it works. It's all natural, it's an anti-inflammatory, and what that does is it's actually going to get rid of the root cause of your pain, which you don't realize, most people don't realize, is often the inflammation in your body. So don't use a temporary fix, okay? Get rid of the root cause with Relief Factor. Order the three-week quick start, do yourself a favor. It's $19.95, and like I said, the majority of people go on to keep ordering it because it's working for them. So the odds are in your favor, it will work for you. You can get that over at relieffactor.com. That is relieffactor.com. All right, MSNBC host Jen Psaki, of course, we here at the News and Why It Matters like to refer to her as the poor man's peppermint patty. Uh, she made this very bizarre tweet that she said, no one supports abortion up until birth. I don't know what world she's been living in, but I'd like to play for you guys uh, just a small clip of a much larger video of like a bunch of different Democrats Um, supporting abortion up until the point of birth. Watch. Do you support any restrictions on abortion? I don't. I've always believed... Even in the third trimester? Do you think there's any restriction on abortion? No, I do not. Up till now, my understanding is there wasn't a limit on when in a pregnancy, a woman could receive an abortion. Have you set any limit? There are no limits. Is there a cutoff for you before that point? No, to me, it's, it, it's a reproductive, it's a health care decision. It's up to women to make that decision. Where it's obvious that a woman is about to give birth. She has physical signs of, of, that she is about to give a birth. Would that still be a point at which she could request an abortion if she was so certified? My bill would allow that. Hmm. It's almost like Jen Psaki is completely disingenuous and uh, knows 
that these these people are her friends, right? She's worked with these people, uh, knows that they do, in fact, support it, but just, you know, wants to tweet that anyway. Yeah, that was uh, self-defeating. But I think what it does is it speaks to the, I guess, I think the average person, to be fair, they know that that's foul, but they don't actually want to come out and admit that it is. So they try to present this as if this world is, that's the position, like nobody supports it uh, in this in this context. And like, yeah, they do. There's plenty of people that have said it uh, on record. And then when you actually press people, because they know it's foul, this is what I think the tactic should be, you know, pressing people to admit that. Like admit, just flat out admit like how that's what it is you want. You know it's jacked up. You know it's jacked up, which is why so many people talk around it. But they're 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 in this kind of hot spot or or a weird, interesting uh, avenue that they have to take because they don't want to present themselves as if they're they're trying to uh, uh, impede on what they deem as women's rights. Right. While also understand that at minimum, at least up until some point, this this can be this can be it's messed up. Mm -hmm. Someone's nine months pregnant and, and they they want to have, you, you know, you know, it's jacked up, but you don't want to admit it. So, yeah, when you hold these people feet to the fire, yeah, they will flat out admit it. You, I mean, you seem to recall uh, Tulsi Gabbard last presidential election. She got slammed as being like too right wing because she was the she didn't say she didn't like abortion. She literally just said, I don't like late term abortions. I think that's wrong. And that was so out of touch with yeah. how Democrats feel that they were really pissed off that she even had the gall to say, hey, a fully formed baby that's viable in uh, your your womb that actually you could just deliver live instead of dead. I actually don't think that we should be killing those babies. And that was an unreasonable unreasonable position from their party. Yeah, no, it's 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 embarrassing. I mean, the video you showed us, I think we played about 30 seconds of a yeah. five yes. plus minute yes. video and yes. it goes on and on and on and on and on. And like usually there's an out, they try to come up with this out. Like you can sort of see it in the Jen Psaki tweet where she says no one supports, supports. it. And you could say, okay, well, I don't support it. I would allow it. However, Al Franken also tweeted about this and he said no one wants to allow uh, pr uh, abortion up to nine months. And like, this is a cheap way for them to attack DeSantis, who was the one who actually mm -hmm. said that they do. Of course, all really Republican candidates will point this out. Um, and so they were taking a cheap shot at DeSantis. But like, I'm actually happy they did that because I want them on record saying how Absolutely. bad this is. Yeah. I, I'm glad that they're, that, you know, when, when not politically calculating, they're just like, yeah, no one supports that. They all know it's so horrible. I mean, yeah, it's, sure. you know, it's, it's, it's one of the worst things, honestly, that, uh, that the, the, any humans have ever done, mm -hmm. right? We're talking about killing a baby that could easily live outside the womb at that very moment. It is the most you repulsive for adoption. Thing. Exactly. I, and I hope that someday we get to a place where it is uh, revered the same way that slavery is revealed yeah, or absolutely. other horrible sins that, of our, that our country has committed. It should look that way eventually. And I, you know, I mentioned this on the debate coverage the other night, Sarah, when we were talking, but like, I'm disappointed that no one on that stage during the debate, when we're talking about abortion, even brought up the idea of a constitutional mm -hmm. amendment to ban it completely. Mm -hmm. Like, I understand what Nikki Haley said is true at one level, which is we, we don't have the votes for, to, to ban abortion nationwide. We don't have the votes for That's a constitutional just so amendment. so weak, it's, though. It's not leadership, right? It's weak. But it, it is a political reality. But who cares? Right. Right. Every year that that's that they, there should be a push for that amendment every single year until this country comes to its senses and says we want children to live instead of die. Mm -hmm. uh, that that is a fundamental thing we should be doing 
all the time. Mm -hmm. And even if it costs us votes, even if it costs us elections, I want to be on record. When I when I get to the end of my life, I want to have it on my resume. It says, yeah, yeah, I was fighting for the babies. You know, that's something I think is important to me. And, and like the fact that the Republicans might lose some votes in some purple states over this. If that's the cost of, of trying to protect life, it's totally worth it. Yeah. Um, I want to also just throw in one one more quick uh, little ditty on this particular topic. So um, third abortion ditty. Is that what you, you were going to get? An abortion ditty. ditty. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So fun fact. Third trimester abortions are much more common than assault rifle deaths. Just just a little fun fact there. You know, it start this. I think this article started with a tweet from Katie Couric that said, worth noting that fewer than one percent of abortions occur in the third trimester. And so that's their way of trying to downplay it. Right. That, that's always what. The, oh, that, that's very, very rare. That's very few. Well, um, actually, if you take the statistics that we have uh, over, they say nine hundred and thirty thousand abortions per year in recent years have occurred. And so if you take that one percent, that is nine thousand three hundred third trimester babies that are 9,300 viable babies. I think it's more. That's it? Okay. I was yeah. going to say, because that's only 4 so I wouldn't care about something like that. You know? Uh, right. Well, who cares? If 9,000 right. kids dead? Who cares? Would we, we even notice that on a news Every report? Every year. Yeah, uh, yeah, you, every year. Uh, you, with COVID, it was if it saves one life. Yeah, right, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Every year. Yeah. And um, just for reference, that there are about 541 people uh, who are murdered with rifles in the United States from FBI numbers. So... A little bit of a difference there. A little bit of a difference there. Fully formed, viable human being that could be delivered live instead of dead. 9,300 of them every year. But don't worry, it's only 1%. And remember, the controversial question on the stage that night was whether we should have a 15-week ban, which I believe the number is 90% of abortions happen before that. If the Republican position is, hey, can we eliminate 10% of abortions if we get everything we want, this is not a party worth following. That's, yeah. it's, that's not a principle. That's not leadership. you got to be fighting for more. I understand you can't always get what you want. I want to do it within the system. I want to make sure that we follow the law and follow Congress, or, you know, follow the Constitution. But, like, that's how you do it. You, you amend the Constitution to say this practice must end. Yeah, I agree. All right, got to take a break. We'll be back. I don't care if it takes 200 years. Like, I just got to keep All right, it's Friday, and that means that uh, we have another Dear Sarah. So if you guys need advice, life tips, have any questions, you can email us over at dearsarahattheblaze.com, and you may see your question read on air like today's, which says, Dear Sarah, I feel I am in an abusive relationship with my favorite Blaze TV host. Uh Uh-oh. She has repeatedly promised me she would have a newly redesigned set, quote, soon, and that her new set would include a shoe cam just for me so that I can see which pair of awesome Louboutins she is wearing every day. Sadly, this empty promise has not been kept, and I'm relegated to trying to catch a glimpse of her fabulous footwear, footwear, I can't speak, on the rare occasions when her long shot includes her feet under the table. I fear I've become addicted to her show, and I find it so hard to leave her. Should I break up with her? What is your advice, sincerely, fellow shoe whore? <laughs> I don't even know if I can say that. You may have to bleep that. I don't know. Of course, I'm reading this on a day where I'm wearing flip-flops because it's Friday. I'm not. No, I'm not showing them. Don't pull that shot off. I'm not showing them. I'm <laughs> pulling them into the dark so you can't see them. But I would like to say we do have. Um, I believe we're like doing rehearsals on the new set next week, so it is coming really soon. I'll show you just a little, just a little glimpse here. I don't want to give away too much, 
Um, but uh, it is, yes. And, you know, we got to have some neon pink because it's me. And uh, the shoe cam has not been installed. But what I would like for you to do is that I, we are, I have every intention to put the shoe cam. It's the last remaining piece. So what I want you to do is comment on this show and tell the executives that we need the shoe cam now. All right, let them know. And uh, my understanding of internet culture is people like women's feet cams. So uh, I mean, it wouldn't be, be bad for that. <laughs> yeah, that's gonna get the views. Super How do you get clicks? Yeah, I mean, come on, well, please. I'm, I'm a capitalist. All right, we gotta take a break. We'll be right back. All the creepy people will be over there. There'll be no politics anymore. Put more feet on. All right, musician Carlos Santana is, uh, oh, he's in trouble because he did things like speak basic facts at a recent concert. Watch. When God made you and me, before we came out of the womb, you know who you are and what you are. Later on, when you grow up and you see things, and you start believing that you could be something that it sounds good, but you know it ain't right because a woman is a woman and a man is a man. Uh oh. Uh oh. Uh oh. They're gonna try to cancel him. Don't apologize. Do no. not take it back. It's absolutely correct. Eric July, thank you so much. Uh, Ripiverse, make sure to check it out. Stu, Stu Does America. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Stream and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts.